to see what other jobs there are out there to make money. I'm your host, Jen Staben, and we have Joyce, your other Hi. host. Hello. Hello. Um, and yeah, Joyce, Joyce, how are you doing? Jen, Jen, I'm doing pretty, pretty well. I wanted to try and to use like a Scot- Scottish accent, but I I couldn't. It's too hard. It's too yeah. hard. It's so easy to bail on it when you you're thinking about it and mm-hmm. you like uh like give me a line maybe I can try to do it um maybe some like maybe like a good morning good morning y'all <laughs> <laughs> uh, have yourself a wee morning iron brew oh <laughs> I gotta, awesome yeah iron iron brew is their uh their very popular drink. And it feels like it gets you right into this, the accent. I wow. Wow. Yeah, but, yeah. I feel like there's good like anchoring words or phrases to get into the accent. For for context, the reason why we're talking about the Scottish accent is because Jen just got back from Scotland. I did. Yeah. You know, just love to travel during a pandemic. <laughs> um, well, it, it's safe now for certain it is but there's always kind of a little cringe a wee cringe if you will a wee uh, cringe perfect <laughs> but uh yeah we we learned all about the different protocols and vaccination things that you needed to do and by we i mean my husband mostly did all of that <laughs> <laughs> but he had to call scotland <laughs> at one point he's like just call oh, scotland like the government to find out where our covid tests were because we needed a reference number on the covid test for us to fly to scotland so you have scotland's number he does i don't wow he's got them on speed dial now wow wow yeah top friends like that in the days of uh what was that site called uh myspace MySpace? (laughs) oh yes there we go tom in scotland tom in scotland top friends Ooh, I wonder if we could get Tom on this podcast. Oh, yeah. What is he up to? Maybe that should be it for his episode. It would be called, So What Do You Do Now? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's still interesting. Yeah, it could be. Wow, Tom. Tom, um, Tom. I mean, he did it right, you know? Yeah. It's also interesting because it's it feels like we knew him because he was always our top friend. But wasn't Zuckerberg also a top friend, or did he not ever be a friend on Facebook? Oh, uh, he never friended me. <sighs> he was my first friend. Damn. No, I don't know. I was <laughs> I was one of those people that, uh, uh, man, side note, I said as we were starting this podcast, I'm not going to say, uh, as much. And <laughs> I feel like someone needs to sit by me and squirt me with a water bottle every time I do it. That's the only way I'll learn. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's too hard. <laughs> I need to be kind to myself. Baby steps. Baby steps. But anyways, the Facebook was only offered to people with college right. email addresses, and I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get on, and I was just on the outside 
waiting to see all of my ex-boyfriend's pages <laughs> that I had no access to. Um, so then when did you get access? God, I want to say like 2006 or something, maybe earlier. Oh. Yeah. I think I was talking – I forget who I was talking to, but I was talking to the – oh, yeah, yeah, my cousin. He's in college now. And I was like, yeah, like we were looking forward to Facebook because um, it was so exclusive. It was mm-hmm. like you can't do it until college and everyone in high school was talking about it. And he was like, what? I had no idea. And I'm like, man, you're young. These stupid kids. They're stupid. They're stupid. No, stupid. I, I love Gen Z. I want <laughs> All I care about is Gen Z liking me. <laughs> they're my new middle school bully, but they're more woke. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I did think I had a breakthrough the other day in realizing how much of an impact middle school bullies had on me because I'm doing Artist Way, which our guest uh, is love. Oh, it's great. And the, our guest is someone that introduced uh, me to it. Oh. Uh, but we're like, there's the thing where it's like, what are your what are your sensors? Right. And right. you do that during the affirmations. And I was thinking, I'm like, no one's explicitly told me I can't do things except for bullies in middle school. Hmm. I'm wondering if it has an impact. And then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't give it so much value. And, you know, it's week one, baby. <laughs> Already starting off pretty strong. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know our guest was the, was the source of all this inspiration because I, you told me about that book. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I don't think we get a better segue than that. Let's go (laughs) ahead and everyone in their cars and uh, stop your washing your dishes for just a second and give a very nice applause to our guest, Molly Anderson. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Molly, totally should have done this in the pre-tape. Would you like to go by your maiden name or was that Um, okay? That is fine because for my job, that is the name that I use. For my Perfect. creativity, I use my old name, <gasps> which actually oh. is still my current name. It's actually my middle name now. It's really oh, that's cool. right. Yeah. So I kind of love that. Wrong. Yeah. Um, it took everything inside of me. I man just really wanted to jump in uh, <laughs> on that intro convo. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, behind the curtain, I was listening. I uh, Tom is a travel photographer now, so no way. That's oh, it. Uh, now, now we know. Uh, and I it, also are, are you friends with him? Is this why you know? No, I just am really good at googling. Which is oh, really nice, nice. nice. Yeah, that's a skill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also did not have a college email address, so I didn't get to join Facebook until it was like 2006, 2007, or something. Mm-hmm. So, oh, anyway, so feel your pain. I dropped that because I knew that we are of the same cloth on that regard. Yeah. So I was like, Molly, Molly yeah. will know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I was there. I was there. So Molly, <laughs> introduce, just so we don't get it wrong, what is it that you do? I am a recruiter. Uh, I work in recruiting. I hire people. I'm part of human resources. Love yeah. it. And are is there or do you work in a particular type of uh, field or I mean like or startups, industry. high tech industry is the yep, word. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. 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 So I work in tech, but I recruit for non-tech roles. For oh. Yeah. Yeah. Have Wait, you so always what does that done mean? that? 
Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Answer both questions. questions. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> We're very curious people. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Where should I, where should I begin? Joyce, you go first. Uh, my question was: Did you always? Were you always in the technical industry recruiting non-technical people? No. Um, I started, it was a very weird path and I didn't even know recruiting was a job. I fell into it. Mm. Um, I was living in Chicago. I was an actor. I needed a flexible job. And there was this call center that a couple of my like improv friends worked at that was recruiting. It was basically doing the first phone screens for like truck driving jobs and um, like garbage men and flight attendants, things like that. And it was really flexible because you made your own schedule. So I was like, great, make my own schedule. I still have time to be a star. Um, (laughs) So so yeah. And then from there, it was just like this, it just shot me off on this path. And I worked there for a while recruiting mainly truck drivers and flight attendants and then actual recruiting for the company itself. Hmm. And then I moved to a tech company where I did corporate recruiting for or non-tech or corporate recruiting, you can call it either one, for a tech company. And then I spent, actually took some time off, came back, did solely tech recruiting. Uh, and then I worked, yeah, now I'm back in tech doing non-tech roles. Um, so yeah. It's been a it's been a squiggly line. Whoa! Now, uh, this was a question that we had someone feed to us, but okay. we think it's a good one. Okay. Uh, and I'm looking at it because I'm <laughs> not off book. Uh, explain what you do. Wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> this is the this once is, you hear this, this gonna question, be really good. You're going to be like, uh, it took you that fucking long. Um, okay. <laughs> Explain what you do to a five-year-old. So, like, we're the five-year-olds. Like, yes. Like, I get Fortnite. people jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get people jobs. Okay, so That's I'm a it. five-year-old responding to that. Uh, <laughs> like, you just get them the jobs? Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> um, <laughs> I interview them, and I make sure they're the right fit, and then I – introduce them to people at the company and they talk to them. And if they think they're a good fit, then we hire them and then they have a job. That sounds pretty cool. She's so cool. Oh my gosh, Jen. <laughs> Jen is determined to be Gen Z. I'm, I'm assuming that's hit five-year-olds by now. Um, <laughs> so oh Molly, uh, what, what kept you in the recruiting field, what allowed you, like, what, what was the motivating factor to continue on, uh, you know, company to company with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, the answer is not, I don't know if I'm proud of this answer, but it's the truth. Um, (laughs) I was really good at it. Uh, you improv skills work really well in it. Uh, writing skills work really well in recruiting. Um, and so I was good at it and people kept hiring me for it. And then I would keep jobs for a while. And all of my bosses were really cool about me still wanting to be a star until Hmm. I kind of stopped that. Uh, so I just kept going with it. Um, 
but it it is a it's a strange career path because I think most people don't seek it out. Hmm. But then you're in it for a while, and then you generally will transition into something else. It's a really, really good career um, for someone who doesn't super know what they want to do, but doesn't mind talking to people and is like naturally curious. Um, oh, you mean like transition out of recruiting and into a different? Yeah. Role? A lot oh. of people do that. Um, they either like sometimes they'll move up into management path and then move more into like an HR specific role or learning and development role. Hmm. Um, most of the time people don't stay just as recruiters uh, mm -hmm. past a certain point um, just because it can be monotonous, hmm. but it is just a fantastic way to like learn more about companies and how they work and like meet a bunch of different people and stretch your own skills. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, like I'm we're actually Jen and I were just talking about this before we got started but like it's such an interesting time to be a recruiter right now especially mm -hmm. in oh the tech space um oh my god well, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting the right word to use yeah, I don't know honestly yeah um I think for multiple reasons but I'm curious why you think it's interesting, like from the outside. Well, she recruited uh, recruited us right there. I feel like that's a good. She recruited <laughs> us. Yeah, I, like I feel that. like that was a cold Recruited. call. Uh, um, well, just because there's just such a demand on hiring right now, I feel like, especially in some of the service spaces, mm -hmm. and at least with my last job, I remember that was a huge strain on the recruiting team. Was service roles or like the entry level roles, it's kind of hard to fill all those spots. Um, yeah. And also people are just kind of like, I don't know, is society over with? So like they're not working. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, why I thought it was interesting. The great resignation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And and also like just because like at the start of the pandemic, like people were getting laid off mm -hmm. and, and like <laughs> – yeah. I'm sure recruiters were impacted by that too, like headcount changes and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it's like slingshot the other direction. A thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just like we can't get enough. Like n people don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like just all the dynamics of that and like what that means in terms of like your day-to-day -day and like also like the the kind of perspective on jobs, job tenure is interesting because I, I kind of always assume that recruiters would just oh I like recruiting and they'll stay in it forever but hearing from you it's, it's like a a more transient kind of role um so just with everything that's happening I can also yeah. see how recruiters also are like yeah it's time for something else or vice versa well yeah it's really interesting so one comment I want to go back to real quick before I talk about like the current state but the transient thing hmm. um it's it is a profession that could attract people who are like not all in and having a job. Mm. Um, Dean Unglert from The Bachelor, uh, Bachelor at <sighs> Bachelor in Paradise, was a recruiter after being on The Bachelor for a bit. Oh, what? Um, yeah. Uh, also, Eva Longoria was a recruiter while she was filming her first soap opera. Like she was a regular cast member oh. and she was doing phone interviews in her like dressing room in between takes. Fun, fun fact. Wow. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like it can, it, because it's something that 
you can either like stay in and turn into something or it's something that you can do. And like me, a lot of people get some good experience. And if you're working at an agency, maybe make some pretty decent money and then like go do something else. Hmm. Um, I unfortunately never wanted to work at an agency, so um, I don't make that kind of money, Um, but (laughs) it's okay. Um, But yeah, it is a really interesting time right now because you're right. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, every, like, so many recruiters I knew that, especially ones that were earlier in their careers, were getting laid off. Um, I was laid off, but I actually wasn't in a recruiting role at that time for a different reason. Um, we don't have to go into that unless you <laughs> um, It was a very brief <laughs> stint, but I had been doing recruiting for that company. Um, mm. And then the, and yeah, pandemic happened, laid off immediately. I was really lucky that I found a recruiting job at the beginning of the pandemic, hmm. like in hmm. May of the pandemic. Yeah. That was purely, purely luck. Um, and, and my boss who laid me off really liking me and wanting to help me. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so now there's so many roles open. There's not enough people to fill them. And recruiters are in high, high demand. Like I mm-hmm. get messages every day asking me to come work for someone else. Like, mm-hmm. hey, would you be interested in coming work for us? Which as a recruiter, like kind of happens, but yeah. it's, it's insane right now how often it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because and if someone just, yeah. wanted to get in, into recruiting at the entry level, is that even possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a few different ways you can do it. One, you can go work for an agency. Um, agency is more like salesy. Mm. So you do have to be prepared for that and be comfortable in that type of environment. Um, there's also, if you look for like coordinator roles, like recruiting Mm -hmm. coordinator, talent Mm. coordinator, um, that's an entry level, usually an entry level role, um, that you can start and then move into actually being the one doing the interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, a coordinator role would be more like admin. So you're doing the scheduling, right. you're entering stuff into the system, you're going through resumes, things like that. But yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious about your thoughts on this kind of like slingshot effect. Like, mm-hmm. like in your experience, like is there is it truly like there's just not enough people? Yes and no. Um, I think in certain, it's this weird point in time, and I think an important point in time mm-hmm. where for certain types of jobs, especially when you're looking at like fast food or restaurants or hospitality in general, um, people were treated really, can I curse? Yes, I go yes, nuts. Please. I put explicit okay. on this. I've been holding it in. Okay. <laughs> so people have been really shitty to their workers in the past. Yeah. And like we don't have a great minimum wage and like the whole tip yeah. system is really fucked up oh, in my yeah. opinion. Like, and, and so people don't want those jobs anymore. Um, but then there's all these jobs that are open in corporate America, but so many of them are not entry level. Mm-hmm. Like, like jobs I'm recruiting for currently, we really need people with experience because we don't have the time or money to support people who don't know what they're doing already to some extent. And like, it sucks (laughs) because there's a lot of really great people who would probably be really great in some of these jobs. 
And I truly believe there's people that work in corporate America that would absolutely love working in the service industry or hospitality, but because our society puts this whole importance on like, you have to make money. We do have to make money. (laughs) So somebody has this crazy idea that we have to make money and it's like wild. (laughs) But I like, I've, uh, I, oh my God, this goes back to high school. I'm jumping around. So stop me if this is Mm -mm. bad, but like. We'll never stop you. Okay, great. So my high school I went to um, and kind of the area I grew up in, it was a suburb, it was Texas. So like, when you when I thought about growing up and I looked around me, it was like, oh, there's like three career choices. There's like mom, wife, and teacher. Mm-hmm. And then like for the guys, there's like you play football until you go into finance. Like that was it. <laughs> like there's nothing. <laughs> That's there's so like perfect. Nothing else. My mom taught at this high school that had like an auto repair program, an HVAC repair program, a fashion program where people got to like actually try some different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so incredible because like there is probably an ex-high school football player who went into finance who hates it and would really love like working on HVAC systems and like Mm -hmm. figuring out the puzzles involved with that. Mm -hmm. So anyway... Well, Our society it's, is real messed up, you know? I agree. <laughs> I just I, I just think that it's, you know, everyone's going into debt with student loans and we've got 200,000 marketers uh, out of it. And it's, yep. I mean, that's that's not being fair. I think Molly and I kind of were, you know, that that's where, I don't know, I, I always feel kindred with you because we both don't didn't go to college. And most of the times I have imposter syndrome about it. But when I'm with you, I'm just like, we didn't have to pay any money. Yep. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, just the technical the technical programs, I feel like they're going to they're going to hit big soon. And also like code camps and stuff like that. Yeah. Just to get people up to speed on practical skills that are really in high demand. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. hope that like, well, because what you said earlier, Molly, about um, how there's a lot of corporate role opportunities, but they're looking for people with experience. Like that reminds me of how I felt when I first entered in, into the job world mm-hmm. is like everyone's like, well, we would hire you if you had three years of experience, but no one wants to hire anyone who doesn't have experience. Yeah. And I, I think that like that's such a big part of why this like madness keeps happening of like mm-hmm. hey we need to hire like a hundred people but like we can't find them like I, I think I think we can find them we just are kind of like stuck in our way of thinking of ideal candidates. Yep. Um yep. Yeah just because like like I remember like so I'm on the engineering side mm-hmm. and um some of the engineers that I've worked with have like didn't come from formal like uh, computer science or engineering programs at college. Yeah. Like they were self-taught. They just had a passion for it. And so like if you take a chance on people like that who just have an interest in it, I feel like like it's not – it wouldn't be so hard, right? But I, I'm, I'm not a recruiter, so maybe I'm oversimplifying it. Yeah, Molly, what's your take on that? Because as the recruiter, you serve candidates, but at the end of the day, maybe you guys don't get the final vote on it. Where do you guys stand on it? Like, how do you guys manage this? It's very nuanced. Mm. Um, I think for the most part, 
me as a human, I'm like, anyone can do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if I really, like when I interview people, I'm going to, uh, let me, let me take a step back. Let me, let me, how do I want to formulate this? Like there's always the ideal candidate that right. a hiring manager wants. Like, and nine times out of 10, because I work in tech, that ideal candidate literally doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, and, and that's okay. That person doesn't have to exist. We just have to find a happy medium um, or figure out what about those ideals is so important. Is it the right. actual specific experience or is it something like the thought processes that go behind someone who might have that experience, like the way their brain works or the way they think or the way they would react in a certain situation? Um, mm-hmm. And so sometimes hiring managers are really open to those conversations. Sometimes their heads are so up their asses that like, no, Ooh. they just can't see it. <laughs> and I, I'm lucky. I have not worked with very many hiring managers who are just completely unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I haven't, I, I'm lucky that I, especially now I work with like a really cool, open-minded group of people um, when it comes to backgrounds for the most part. But I also think too, there's some, there's still some disconnect between the people who were in charge 10 years ago were the Mm. ones mentoring the people who are in charge now. Hmm. And there's still some of that like old way of thinking where like, oh, well, this person's worked at three different companies in four years. That's a flag. And it's like, no, that's what's normal now. Yeah, One company is not going to continue to pay someone enough for the amount of work they're being asked to do. So when another company comes along and says, hey, you're going to do that work, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little more interesting. Also, we're going to pay you more and we have better benefits. Someone's going to take that. This is Mm -hmm. their quality of life. Um, that they have to look at. So it is normal for people to move around. Um, that's a conversation I've had to have before. Like, yeah, you don't understand what it's like out there. Like you run the company, you make the money. Those things aren't the concern for you that they are for people below you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah. just, I, it's a whole mindset shift that like really needs to come from the top down, but some people in the top are still being mentored by people with an older mindset shift. And so it just kind of it's slower to come down, I think. Well, or slower what I'm, to change. <laughs> I mean, what I'm hearing from you too is that in addition to having to be a people person, managing so many different personalities, sounds like you have to have a lot of patience as well for this job, perhaps. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in tech and in startups. Um, mm-hmm. Like the slingshot effect that's happening now, like, oh, there was nothing and now there's everything. Yeah. That's actually a pretty common thing in recruiting in general. Hmm. There's a period of time, and this is really specific to tech and the startup world, but like you'll go for three months where all of a sudden it's all hands on deck. We need five people on this team, three (laughs) people on this team. We're not going to make money if we don't have the two people on this team. And you work so hard for three months and you find all these great people. Maybe you hire a couple of the roles, but then three months happens and everyone's like, wait, no, stop. That's not what we need. We need (laughs) to slow down and work on a marketing campaign. And you're like, well, so then you're like calling everyone back and being like, hey, never mind. Like, oh, we're actually God. not going to hire for this position. And like, it slingshot is kind of what recruiting is like. Um, That's just normal. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. In tech and startup world. I'm sure it like 
State Farm, it's a little different, but. <laughs> Wait, are you shooting shots at State Farm? <laughs> no, I, I look, no, I, uh, the only reason I thought of it is because my parents used to live by their, uh, by a giant headquarters of theirs. So. You heard it here first. Uh, Molly Anderson uh, thinks State Farm fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Those were my exact words. Rewind it. You'll hear me say yeah, it. Right. Yeah, you got to play it backwards. Uh, <laughs> but she says it. She... Play it backwards at 50, like half the speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you some other stuff too, but uh, <laughs> more than that. <laughs> um, not one thing. So, okay. So, Molly, would you say that the slingshot effect is that just something that, hey, it's part of the job, or is there any excitement about that? Does that actually drive you, or is it, you know, just one of those things, you know, is part of the job and it is what it is? I think now I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, I don't know if excite if it's ever really exciting because the other thing that happens with the slingshot effect is the first people to let to be let go are always recruiting or HR mm. or people that the rest uh-huh. of the company think doesn't do anything. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So that slingshot effect, especially early in my career, was like really scary. And yeah, I, yeah. but now I'm like, oh, that's not really how it works. If you have a good manager, if you have a good team. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Exciting is not the word for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so then, now I'm cool with it. Yeah. And, and in terms of like kind of understanding that ahead of time and like, I, I know earlier you said that like writing skills, mm-hmm. um, kind of comes into play too. Um, what's, what's your like normal, I guess normal is not a very applicable word here, but what's your day to day like? Yeah. So now it's um, because I'm a lead. Mm. Oh, shit. I don't want to brag. Brag, girl. My day-to-day is typically going through applications. I spend a lot of time um, or a good chunk of time each week passively sourcing candidates, which is like going on to LinkedIn or other sources, but mainly LinkedIn. Um which is another conversation we can have if you like. <laughs> um, and finding profiles of people and reaching out um, about specific roles. Um, and then like uh, some, there's always like a couple of big projects that are going on. Like right now, the place I work, we're doing like a big revamp of the interview process. So we're, oh, nice. um, we're adding some new technology. We're um, kind of shifting away. some we do our interviews, we're building question banks for interviews, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. redoing job descriptions. Um, so, uh, so there's like always some kind of big project like that. That's also going on usually. Um, and then talking on the phone to people. Um, and there's usually, there's a lot of babysitting as well. Mm. Um, babysitting because, like candidates? Yes, and hiring managers. Oh, More so yeah. hiring managers, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes candidates, and especially right now because candidates have a ton of options. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, just making sure someone used to be making sure sh- someone showed up to the conference room to actually interview the person. Now it's like... Oh. Are you in the Google Meet or like getting a getting a Slack of the hiring manager's like the candidate's not here? Like the candidate sending a text and being like, the person's not here. And you're like, well, okay, where are you? Like then you're like hunting someone down, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but there's a fair amount of that. There's always like debriefs on the interviews that we do uh, with the entire interview team, offers, which are usually fun. Sometimes there's 
you don't know what to expect when you give it to someone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but usually they're really fun. Yeah. Um, and then like at certain places, recruiting is also involved in the onboarding process. So there's new hires starting, right. mm-hmm. there be things around that that need to be done. Um, yeah, there's a lot to it. There's a lot more than just like talking on the phone and interviewing candidates for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's like, you have to also be really good at like almost like a good salesperson, right? You do, especially when working with passive candidates, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I approach them about a job. Who the hell am I to them? They don't know me. And so they're already giving me some time to chat with them. So I definitely want to like make sure I'm hitting boxes or answering questions that they want to know, um, and making sure it's the right opportunity. But I think, um, it's not as salesy as Mm. if you're at an agency at an agency. Oh, it's mm -hmm. like, Oh my God. It's like, it's like always be closing. And Mm -hmm. I worked at, I worked at a place that was like a hybrid agency and it was very much always be closing. Like there was a symbol you hit when someone accepted an offer. Oh, that's, oh, that thing. Oh. And like, is this not, that's not my bag. Um, but I learned a lot from that, that company for sure. But like when you're working for an agency, you're probably trying to sell a candidate to a company and multiple companies. You're probably trying to sell a candidate to like five companies right? and you know, you have to throw as much spaghetti at the wall. Mm-hmm. to see what mm-hmm. sticks, mm-hmm. if you will. Look at that metaphor. Yum, yum, <laughs> I'm very worldly <laughs> talking about Italian Yummy. Food. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as as you've been in this role or, like, in this path for a while, one of the things that when I look back at my past roles and just kind of, like, how you net out is what are the things about your job that charges you, like, you know, gets you motivated about the job? Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, what are the things that deplete you from the job? Um, and that balance, you know, is always kind of a, a tricky one to navigate. But to start off, what are the things about your job that you feel like charges you up? Yeah, I really like the process Um, and I like refining the process. I, because I've been doing it a while too. Like I get excited about like the data and what we can learn from new systems and tools that we can try to help make things more efficient. Um, and I get really excited about, I, I really love recruiting for roles that don't require a lot of experience. Mm. Um, cause I like talking to, or like rare, like roles where there aren't as many people that have the experience right? Um, because it's like, I don't know, there's something really fun about that where it's very niche or like very new. And um, I don't know, there's a little bit more innocence. Innocence isn't the right word, but like some kind of innocence in working with the candidate or it through those processes. That's way more fun than like, this is actually why I don't like tech recruiting because engineers get hit up like 25 times a day they can have so many different jobs and there it, it's just, it take, I don't know. It, it's a lot. It just isn't my thing. Like they can have any job. I want to find someone who like is excited. It kind of <laughs> seems like the job. difference between Tinder and meeting someone organically in person. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, tech recruiters are swipe, 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 swipe. 
Yeah. And then they're like, I- I've never been on Tinder, but I, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Molly knows my timeline. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's awesome that you bring it up because I was actually going to ask, like, everyone makes that analogy of like dating mm-hmm. and interviewing and like recruiting, right? So like, would yes. you, like, I'm curious about your thoughts about it. Like, are you the matchmaker in that analogy? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yes, a thousand percent. But it's like the matchmaker that you want the person you're matching with and the person you're matching them with to both kind of fall in love with you and trust you. Does that make sense? So you're part of the relationship. You're a third. You're kind of part of the relationship. Yeah, exactly. It's a thruple. It is a little bit of a thruple until they start and then you like – that's when my breakup occurs and I walk away. Yeah. Um, Wow, dramatic. Amicably though. (laughs) It is very much like dating. Hmm. And sometimes things just aren't right and they don't work out. And like, that's fine. I, I watched all too well. We can talk about that too, if you want, not really. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, But, but like sometimes things just don't work out and then that's it. Like the end. And then you just move on. I don't know. Uh, Are you, is that a comment on all too well that Taylor Swift should have moved on? I just. I mean, and think carefully about what you say, because what, from what I understand, Swifties can be... I, I honestly feel, I feel like maybe I shouldn't have said that, but it was fresh on my mind. Yeah, uh, it's fresh on everyone's mind. It's fresh <laughs> on everyone's mind. And yeah, look, I, shit doesn't work out sometimes. And like you learn and then you move on and then you, it still doesn't work out till one day maybe it works out a little bit longer. The end. <laughs> Romance. <laughs> You can that's a romantic it. person. That's the yeah. That, that's the full story. Yes, well, exactly. I think just like a disclaimer, just in case like anyone thinks that this show is talking negatively about Taylor Swift. I think you know she's definitely moved on. She's you know this is giving people the like the opportunity to kind of move on in situations in their own lives, perhaps by having another person also go through it. Hey. The stick it to Scooter Braun, I'm all for it. Like, Ooh, I respect yeah. the work. I respect the talent behind the work and the marketing genius. That is it. But it doesn't affect me in the same way. Then maybe it affects other people. I hear you. Now, on the flip side, what are things about the job that depletes you? Yes. Okay. Depleting. Um, so I'm actually getting to a point in my life where I get tired when I have to do a lot of video interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I have to do a lot of video interviews back to back, I get really depleted because I don't want to be on camera. Um, Wait, sorry, just quick clarification on that. Like, do you feel like you used to be able to do more back to back Zoom, like video meetings? Um, no, okay. <laughs> I, think, I don't think. And I think it's just because of the pandemic, I've had to do a lot more of those than like mm-hmm. in-person stuff. So I think I've just, that is something in the last year that has depleted me. Um, I think also sourcing passive candidates can be very depleting. Mm. Um, and I go back and forth because it, it is monotonous. Um, it's less monotonous, I think, with non-tech roles. But um, it's just monotonous enough that sometimes it can drive me crazy. But I've learned to incentivize myself uh, mm. oh, to get so? it done. Um Little Hallmark treats. movies in oh, the background. Yeah. Um, I've been watching the third season of the UK Love Island in the background recently. Ooh. My boss knows this. I know she will listen to this. She knows this. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so it's 
so yeah, like I, I can incentivize myself now when I really need to like spend a few hours in the profiles. Yeah. But it's yeah. not my favorite part. And did you want to make a comment on LinkedIn? Look, I could lose my recruiter license. Um, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> LinkedIn has that much power? <laughs> but that's it. They are the only, they have a monopoly on what they do, which means they can charge whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. There are certain things about their system that don't work the way they should. And they can do that because nobody else can compete with them um, mm-hmm. from a recruiting standpoint. So it's a, it's a necessary part of the process that maybe that is, you know what, that's something that de- depletes me. I wish mm. there was something else. I wish there was another way that was as robust as LinkedIn. I feel like y- the feelings you have about LinkedIn might mimic oh, my feelings about Yelp. Shit. Oh, we went there. Yes. Yes. Because it's I, there and it makes yeah. sense why it exists, right? But like it's – there's too much power. Mm-hmm. Too much power. Want to break up the big tech companies? Start with LinkedIn. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, when you listen to this, not if you listen to this. Um, oh, my God. If she did listen to this and I knew that, I would just oh die. Oh, my like, God. I would, I would die. die. I would die. We got to send it to her. Elizabeth. Asa. Please. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. We love you. We love you. <laughs> I voted for you even though I wouldn't know what would make a difference in California. Um, the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I think we're kind of getting close to the end, and I do have a couple of more questions. Uh, mm-hmm. One. Okay. So do we do lightning round? Because I have a couple too. Okay. Yeah. Let's do lightning round. Cool. Go um, for it. Yeah. Okay. Do you take the job home with you? No, God, no, no, God, no. That's good. Not anymore, good. I should say. Not anymore. Okay. Okay. That's my question. End of question, Joyce. Okay. My question is, um, now that you've been doing this for a really long time, like, can you tell like very early on whether it's going to be a good match? Yes. Whoa. How, how quickly? Usually like within, within the, the first five minutes. Plot. Oh, man. Yeah. And have you ever found out that you were wrong in this intuition after they started and they didn't work out? Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Always sure. learning. Always learning. Always learning. Always learning. Every situation um, is different. Uh, what? Uh, uh, what's the coolest name you've ever seen? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can say. But, okay, that's fair. But what does it rhyme there's... with? I'm just kidding. I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, there's some good ones out there. Okay, there's some good ones. Um, Oh, wait, maybe I can say this because I didn't hire this person and they actually worked at the company I was at. So they weren't even recruited. I think they were recruited by someone I knew, but they worked there for a long time and they have the best name. I won't say their first name, but their last name, they were a salesperson. Their last name is Cash Dollar. No. They were in sales and a great salesperson. How kick ass is that? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Cash Dollar. (laughs) Right? Oh my God. They need to become a lawyer so they can be Esquire Cash Dollar. When we do sales, we got to find uh, them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sourcing that. Um, <laughs> so, um, okay. If you weren't doing this job, what do you think you'd be doing? What I, my dream, I would just want to be writing all the time. Oh, not acting? 
oh no, I want to perform too, but I, I really just want to sit in a room and write and then go do stupid shows with my friends and then go to sleep. Like that's what yeah. I would be doing. Molly. <laughs> you can't make money doing that. I already tried. Well, okay, wait. <laughs> Let me just throw this out to you. When we were in Edinburgh, we met someone that was actually just there from California for like, they've been there for the past year and they were doing a creative writing program in Edinburgh. Oh my and God, they were dreams. And he was like, yeah, tomorrow I'm going on a, a, a retreat to like an island in Scotland to just write. Wow. I was like, oh my God, that sounds so freaking we awesome. We should just do that. <laughs> we should. We should just rent something on an island and just like go. Just right. I bet you could make money if you found a group of people who would pay to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Molly, they you're in Austin. Yeah. You can recruit all of them. Exactly. <laughs> make oh, a, man. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, Joyce, do you have any more lightning round questions? Yeah. One was um, – oh, it just lo- – blink. It went away. Blinky. Blink, blink. Skip. Skip. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest lesson you've learned on the job? Oh, my gosh. Wow. This is actually kind of deep. Ooh, I got to think about this for a okay. second. Oh, man. Give me like two. Because I feel like there's some. Okay. I don't Take as many pauses is... as you need because uh, yeah. we can edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think one of the the one that's coming to mind the most because it's a there was a specific situation that prompted this, that I always come back to just like, you can never assume people know things, especially the people that are above you or are supposed to know those Mm. things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You just can't, you just can't, you just can't, you just can't, you can't. I don't know if that's a positive lesson, but it like, it does stick with me and reminds me to ask questions in yep. certain situations and or reiterate certain points that to make sure someone understands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's yeah. positive in the the sense of your well-being and your mental health that instead of beating your head up against the wall, being like, why is right. this happening? You're like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I'd say the other thing too, and this is something for even people that like, I didn't get the job or like, I thought it went really well. It's, it's a lot like acting in that it's not about you. If you didn't get the job, I guarantee it's nothing personal. It is not about you and your job and your work does not define who you are. Mm. So it's okay. Not the right fit for a place. It's also not the right fit for you. Um, yeah. That's beautiful, Molly. Thank you so much. Yeah, well Thank said. You. <laughs> well said. Um, okay. So I remember my question. Okay. Blink. It's back. Um, so uh, for people who are curious about getting into this, um, what would you say is like a good a good thing to consider before being like, yep, this sounds like something I want to do? Um, make sure you're curious. Make sure you actually like learning about new things um, and test that however you want. Like challenge yourself to go eat a new type of food every day for two weeks or like start asking questions of the people in your life. Have, sit down and talk to the people in your life about their lives and ask them questions and make sure you're actually excited about learning things about people. Hmm. Um, and then also meditate and do yoga because you mm. got to have patience. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
Nagata. God bless. Namaste. Namaste. That's for everyone, not just recruiters. Not just recruiters. We all could use that. Exactly. Got to do your hip openers. You do. Oh, man. The hip is where we hold a lot of our emotional attention. So says yoga with Adrian. Yeah. That's what (gasps) I've heard too. Yeah. I remember uh, Molly, back back when you were still in LA, we went to yoga when you were uh, with child. And uh, and it doesn't it like open up your hips like crazy, like you were way more flexible or something like that? Yes. You have to be very careful when you are with child because the um, – I can't remember what the name of the hormone is. It has a hilarious name. Oh, yeah. I remember you it's saying – It's like that. released into your body. and makes you much more bendy so you can like really injure yourself. If is it ivermectin? <laughs> it is ivermectin. <laughs> that's what it is. Of course. Dewormer. I'm just kidding. Joyce, that's the uh, – Relaxin. That's the <laughs> Relaxin? That's the name of the hormone. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, called it's Relaxin? It's Relaxin. What is this, yes. cash money over here? <laughs> <It is. laughs> Esquire cash money. Esquire, Esquire Relaxin. Relaxin. Yeah. But it – yeah. You can injure yourself. Okay. Also that's a good. lesson wow. to take away if you, if you got that kid growing in you. Or thing growing in you, whatever you want. Yeah, you don't know what it is. I don't know if you've seen lamb. You don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. Uh, I haven't, but I know what it is. It'll it'll fuck you up. Uh, (laughs) I I will say. That's great. Yeah, great. Um, Well, Molly, it has been an absolute dang pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, Is there anything you want to plug, pitch, do anything of the sort? Um, Wear sunscreen. That's what I want to (laughs) pitch. Nice. Wear sunscreen. My biggest pandemic lesson, and I cannot say it enough, wear sunscreen every day. You heard it here first. Uh, Molly says, fuck off, State Farm. Uh, (laughs) Listen to this whole episode back to find out what really happened in the 2020 election. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But we're going to take a quick break, and Joyce and I will be back in just a moment. Man, Uh, so what were your thoughts on the recruiting job? Goodness, I have so many more questions. Like, I think I'm very curious about the, just the dynamics of it all. Like, you know how she was talking about like dealing with this like slingshot effect and how that's just part of the job. Yeah. And, And I honestly, I think the biggest thing that I learned was that it was treated, it's treated more as a transient role. And mm. for some reason, I just didn't know that before yeah. this. What about you? Well, I i mean, recruiting has always been something that I've flirted with in my mind just because it seems interesting. It's working with people. Mm-hmm. It's working people. Uh, but, you know, I know Molly in the real world. And I just like Molly's so patient and so – like kind and and I just especially the patient side of it <laughs> I like that's where it always comes down to where I'm just like if someone is like I don't want to hire this person I'm like they're fucking awesome hire it. like I just I'm too stubborn and um I feel like the job needs a, a bit more I guess uh grace yeah yeah has the, the 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 patience part sounds like a big part of it for sure. I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I would have had more patience 
for that stuff at a younger age? What do you think? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think because we see how companies work at a high level, Mm. we're conditioned to be able to have more of like we're – I mean, it's because Molly's high level and it's – but I think it's – maybe this is just a lesson and this is, you know, true for any role, which is just like there's always going to be a level of give and take to get anything done. Um, But I think when you start getting into the realm of people, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more blurred because when you're just talking about numbers, you know, the gray becomes a little bit more uh, minimized. But Mm -hmm. people, it's – and like they, there's so much like with compliance, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it can be an exhausting job. I can imagine, just from like mm-hmm. an emotional standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and like, it's kind of like going back to what you were saying earlier about how like the ultimate decision is not up to you. Yeah, um, I think that's that's probably a big challenge. I think you would be a good recruiter. <laughs> Why things? Well, I, I, I mean, I you ask, think of me as very patient. <laughs> I do think of you as very patient, and you ask great questions. And you, you know, I, I feel like you were always really focused on the people aspect in your that's, roles. That's true. I do love like the people part is like the best part to me. Yeah, but because I, mean, yeah. I was always like, Joyce, you should go into uh, people ops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've I've definitely gotten that earlier in my career too. Like, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of people. Said that, but I don't know. I'll have to think about it. But I do, I do like what you said um, earlier too about how this is a very approachable entry level job that people can start like from like from anywhere. Well, especially if you're in a service industry and you're wanting to jump ship, which is very understandable. It just seems like this is a really strong one to consider uh, yeah. because service is a lot about being able to work with individuals, get things out of them, um, mm-hmm. navigate those situations. I mean, I'm all for people being able to have another option other than service. Yeah. Or going to like them. five years of education or whatever. Yeah. It just feels like there needs to be an in-between where if, you know, companies need a play, if companies need people in corporate jobs, but there's not enough of them, but they really like certain candidates that don't have the experience. I get that because Molly was saying, yeah, the company doesn't have the resources to get them to where they need to be. It just feels like even a third party makes sense, like a boot camp, where it's like, you like this person, you send them to a boot camp and training and it's off, like it's not through the company. Yeah, I think there are a lot of like actually a lot of startups that, that seem to be going into that more like um, e-learning space, e-learning yeah. and e-learning kind of space. So like maybe yeah. that's a possible solution. But yeah, I mean that's like the biggest gripe for me with like our recruiting culture, at least in the tech industry, is just like who like I don't know. I like because there there have been companies who have explicitly stated they do not recruit. New hires, um, or sorry, not new hires, um, new grads, like mm. entry level roles, and that always rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, like you also have to contribute back to the to the yeah. industry, you know? Like you can't, you can't just, just reap just the benefits. Yeah. yeah, you can't just reap the benefits of like people who have gained experience at companies where you don't choose to invest in their growth. 
Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's something about that that just seems really off to me. So that that's always been like, if they don't have experience or if they don't have the kind of experience that you think you want for this role, like, I mean, just take a chance if, if it's like, if, especially if it's someone who wants to be doing this, because that's a bigger tell to me than have you done this before. Yeah. I mean, it might it might cost money, but I mean, maybe even hiring before the need is there to allow someone to get up to speed. But I mean, I've been I've been in budget conversations. I I, I realized what I just said was fucking nonsense. <laughs> I, there's no such thing at this point in time of like hiring before you need it because. <laughs> Well, because they can't even hire after they need it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yikes. All right. Well, um, I think that's it for today. Uh, Joyce, fun Jen. as always. Yes. And um, if you're Tom from MySpace, uh, hit us up. Uh, What's up? Or if you're Elizabeth Warren listening, thank you for dropping by. Thank you for dropping by. Um, it's a pleasure having you here run again. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> I just, I, I like her. What can we say? Um, well, until next time, goodbye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you. I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors. We have sponsors? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs>